0: Hello and welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast. I'm your host, journalist Holly Rubenstein, and here each week I'll be speaking to a very special guest about the seven chapters in their life's travel diaries. From their earliest childhood travel memory and the first place they fell in love with, to their hidden gem and what's at the top of their travel bucket list, we'll be uncovering their adventures around the world and the travel experiences and destinations that have shaped their lives. Hello everyone, how are you? Are you having a good week? I hope that you're all keeping well. It's been a really exciting week this end. So great to be back and to hear all your great feedback about Shaggy and that you're happy that the podcast is back. It's just lovely to to feel that I was missed. Um, and I, I miss you guys too it's just lovely to know that we've got a few months ahead of excellent wanderlust and interviews it's actually been a really busy week I had a big podcast launch dinner to mark season 10 it was at a venue called The 22 which is a club in Mayfair it's a hotel and a restaurant that anyone can stay in and then there's like a private members club part the decor is so cool it's really worth um, popping in if you can if you're in that part of town to have a look it's like maximalist and velvets and bright colours and clashing colours and just like very sumptuous and um, they very kindly hosted us for a dinner a celebratory dinner in the private dining room there we sat on these like dark green velvety chairs it really felt like were perfectly curated for the podcast artwork you know it was like very palm tree very uh, on brand Uh, if you want to see any photos from it by the way check out my Instagram at Holly Rubenstein because I've been sharing a lot because the photos were beautiful I had a lovely um, florist do some Beautiful pink flowers, lavender green flowers. Shout out to you guys. You did an amazing job. um So, yeah, it, that was really exciting. And then, no rest for the wicked because the last few days I've been recording back to back episodes. And the last two episodes actually that I recorded were guests that I had on my like dream guest wish list from the start. So, I'm so happy to have chatted to both of them. And they both lived up to my expectations, surpassed my expectations. So um, that's been really exciting. But my my voice is feeling a little bit worse for wear. And uh, I also said that I would fill you in on my travels to Greece uh, last month. So I just thought I would share a little bit about that. I mentioned last week that my summer holiday this year took us to the island of Zakynthos in Greece or Zanti as you might also know it where I was hosted by the incredible Porto Zanti Villas and Spa. So I just wanted to tell you a bit more about my stay on the island. Zakynthos is part of the Ionian Islands which lie off the west coast of mainland Greece. They also include Corfu and Cephalonia. And what I really loved about Zakynthos And what was unexpected, actually, was how verdant it was compared to some of the other Greek islands that I visited that had been much more arid. Portazanti kindly organised us a driving tour of the island one day and it took us through the island's really lush interior with these emerald green landscapes going over these big mountains, all dotted with olive groves and vineyards. It was so beautiful. And the island is also known for its powder-soft golden sand beaches which truly blew me away some of the best beaches I've ever experienced and if you're looking for a really special place to stay on the island that is especially accommodating for families then I couldn't recommend Portisanti more it's private it's luxurious it sits on a private sandy beach in this stunning secluded bay and it's a collection of private villas each with their own heated pool and a lovely sea view it works so well for us because a villa setup is just great with a baby because you have that flexibility in space but you also have the support and amenities from a hotel like the most incredible on-demand food which we ate mostly under this of tiki topped gazebo by the pool looking out at the ionian sea framed by palm trees and bright splashes of bougainvillea and fragrant jasmine typical gorgeous summery scene though actually in our case we were there in almost i think early autumn but still it was stunning it's a great um late season destination to head to as well and i could go on and on the spa down by the beach was another really memorable experience because the windows are open. So when you have your treatments, it's accompanied by the gentle lapping of the sea. You don't need one of those Spotify spa soundtracks because you've got the real thing right there. So yeah, a big thank you to Portazanti villas and spa a destination that i thoroughly recommend if you're looking to splash out for a european vacation and i will be sharing more about some of my forthcoming travels on future episodes if there's anything you want to ask me always drop me a line at holly rubenstein on all the social platforms and i'd be more than happy to answer any of your questions Right, on to today's episode. Today's very special guest is not only a seasoned sailor, but also a true legend of the high seas. She's the captain that keeps it all together on the hit TV series Below Deck Mediterranean. That's right, today we are setting sail with none other than Captain Sandy Yawn. Now, if you're a fan of the show, you already know that it chronicles the lives of the crew members who work and reside aboard a super yacht during charter season in the Mediterranean. And Captain Sandy brings more than just nautical expertise to the table. She's a force to be reckoned with, with a heart of gold and a personality that shines as bright as the sun over the Mediterranean. Today we are going to delve deeper into her world beyond the decks and the drama to get to know more about Sandy. She has been on quite a voyage herself, a voyage of sobriety, a voyage of self-discovery and a new voyage lies ahead as just the day before we spoke she proposed to her girlfriend Leah. Sandy and I had this chat in Soho in London, she was wearing her captain's uniform sparkling white with her name embroidered in a glittery gold on the chest and she was as charming and likable as many of you have told me that you hoped that she would be and i also asked loads of the questions that you sent in to me on instagram so thank you so much for those she really enjoyed hearing from you too So let's get ready to embark on an adventure filled with stories of the open sea, leadership lessons from the helm, and, of course, some behind-the-scenes secrets from the new season of Below Deck Mediterranean, which is out now. Here is Captain Sandy. Captain Sandy, welcome to the Travel Diaries. It is amazing to see you and your beautiful uniform sitting here before me. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited
1: to be here. Thank you for having me. And I love being in the UK.
0: Well, we love having you. We love having you. And I mean, before we get started with your Travel Diaries today, congratulations. Oh,
1: thank you. I was so nervous. Um, but yeah, like I'm, it's such a great feeling. So, t- I mean, you, oh, you've just engaged. got engaged. That's right. Just got engaged. Very you, nervous. You proposed? Uh, it was happened so fast. And, you know, um, today I feel different. I feel closer and happy. I'm happy.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. Where, where did you do it? On an island. <gasps> on an island. How romantic. And then what, you both just, just hopped on a plane and, and made it over to the UK? We sure did. Love, love, the very that. next day, and, and and I have to ask you, you know, have you now been chatting about your dream honeymoon destination? Not yet. What What are you thinking? Like, where? where you know, what's honestly, in your mind?
1: like I love the Florida Keys.
0: Mm, me too. I got engaged in the Florida you Keys did? in Isla Miranda. Yes.
1: yes, it's beautiful, isn't it? The mm. sands white. Like,
0: it will be a tropical place.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because we both love the sand and love the ocean.
0: Yeah. So in terms of the Florida Keys, do you have a favorite <clears> spot? <throat> I would love to do Little Palm Island, but I don't think I can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best hotels in America, isn't it? Yeah. Really special. And that's like a little island off the coast of the Keys, isn't it?
1: That's right. Yeah. And
0: you have the deer, they swim.
1: You see swimming deer. It's Really? Yes. And they wow. swim up to the island. It's beautiful.
0: Gosh, you don't really associate that with Florida necessarily, do you, deer? Yeah. You'd think more like... You know, alligators. We have a lot of deer in Florida and apparently they love to swim. Who knew? They don't have many opportunities here in in London so we never get to see that. Speaking of Florida today um, Sandy we're going to go on a journey through the seven chapters of your life's travel diaries Mm -hmm. and we always start at the very beginning and chapter one is your earliest childhood travel memory. Of course you grew up in Florida but what's your earliest childhood travel memory?
1: I was born and raised in Bradenton, Florida, on the West Coast. And my earliest memory, of course, was Walt Disney World, because they were, you know, the first park was built, the Magic Kingdom, and then the Suwannee River. So my father used to take us to the Suwannee River, which is North Florida near Tallahassee. Tell us about
0: the Suwannee River, because I'm sure a lot of us Brits haven't heard of it.
1: Up and down the Swanee River. It's a really cool, like, it's very, it was all about nature. And we have, there's hot springs on the way, so we would stop at the hot springs and swim in the hot springs.
0: Oh, lovely. And
1: then head to the Swanee River where you see Alligators animals we have black panthers in florida so you would see those you would really, see all kinds panthers. of wildlife that, oh yeah it's amazing isn't it
0: to think that you yes know, they're they,
1: little they're like very large cats but they're not massive mm. the
0: florida panther
1: we yeah have. of course yes. yeah the
0: team and I mean, it, speaking of Florida, I mean, your home home state, you know, it's amazing, isn't it? How you mentioned the places that you would go on holiday there within that state. It, there's so much diversity. Mm-hmm. I mean, even speaking about the Florida Keys, I mean, from the north all the way to the south. That's right. So, so yes, in different parts of Florida, you have obviously
1: um, Michigan, people from Michigan tend to migrate to uh, south, southwest Florida. Whereas New Yorkers and Canadians tend to come to Southeast Florida, which is really right. interesting. Mm. Uh, the Florida Keys, we always had a boat. Uh, we always did the Caloosahatchee River uh, through the uh, Lake Okeechobee, which is Florida's water source, all the way down the intercoastal to the Florida Keys. Mm. And the cool part that I loved as a kid was just the wildlife. You would see alligators, crocodiles, because we also have crocodiles in Florida. Yeah. And panthers, you see lots of dolphins, dolphins, marlins. like next to your boat. Yeah, marlins. Um, <laughs> yes, you'd see those jump uh, floating. The only thing we would see floating in the water would be floating coconuts, unlike today.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, a, a wonderful state. Also, my my home state because I I have uh, my family in Miami, so um, I have a very special, fond place. Mm-hmm. I lived in Miami. I lived in Fort Lauderdale. I lived
1: in Saint Petersburg. I lived in Clearwater. So I lived practically all over all Florida. Over. So you've had a real flavor Sarasota. of it. Yeah. Yes.
0: Speaking about Florida, um, you've been quite open in in the past about your childhood, that there were some turbulent times. Your mother was an alcoholic and uh, I saw your recent post on Instagram where you talked about sobriety, that you said, you know, from jail, institutions, car crashes, motorcycle accidents, hospitals, bankruptcy, heart attack and cancer, that there were times that you felt pretty hopeless. The next chapter in your travel diaries is the, the place where you learned the most about yourself, chapter two. And I wondered, you know, with that context, that huge roller coaster that you've been through. Was there a place, was there a turning point that marked, uh, you know, a momentous point in your sobriety your yes. journey to sobriety? Absolutely. I lived
1: in a halfway house in Fort Lauderdale called Stepping Stones mm-hmm. and I just couldn't stay, stay clean. I kept relapsing. They kicked me out. And then I remember going back and begging them to take me back. And the woman said, I wasn't worth the paperwork. Mm. And I thought that was my turning point, that I wasn't worth the paperwork, because she knew that I would come back in, relapse, she would have done all this paperwork, but why bother when you're not committed? And that was my turning point. I don't know what changed. It was like this psychic change that happened. Um, And then one day at a time, I stayed clean, I got a sponsor, I worked the steps, and my journey began into self-discovery, self-awareness, um, I became less selfish and more selfless. I had to learn how to change my character. So I did a lot of character building mm. through practices. Like they teach you that. How do, how do, how do you build character? You practice. You, and you will be presented scenarios where you get to practice, right? So a situation will arise, and I get to think and pause before I speak, and that's where I change, and that's mm-hmm. the beginning of the change. And it's just like anything. It's like if you want to run a race or a marathon, you train for a marathon. So I'm training. I was in training for life, and I still am today. Mm. Training for life is a constant self-awareness and correction. And that's something that we strive for. We don't strive for perfection. We strive for progress. And as long as you are progressing towards being a better human being that's what it's all
0: about and that's that was that whole part of self-discovery mm, that's so beautifully put and so inspiring i mm-hmm. i asked um a lot of my followers if they had questions for you an unprecedented response you are so very loved Thank by you. by especially my my uk listeners here and phoebe kind of kind of following on from what you were saying there, Phoebe has asked, what advice would you tell your 20-year-old self?
1: At 20 years young, I was a mess. And I would say there's a brighter future if you just stop drinking and using drugs. I didn't know. I knew at that age, because I was introduced to recovery at 17. But I just didn't know how to stop, or stay stopped. I knew how to stop, that was easy. It was staying that way. Mm. What would I
0: say? Just s- stay stopped.
1: Yeah. I think I had to go through what I had to go through to get to where I am today.
0: Because people often say you have to reach the bottom to then work Pink your way back up. Pink has a song.
1: It says, I am here. And in her song, her lyrics, I totally relate to. I've already seen the bottom, so I have nothing to fear. That's how I feel today after I've been you know, clean and sober a long time. And that's the journey through life. And at 20, I was so fear-based. I honestly, and comfortably numb. Like I was just numb to everything, but also afraid.
0: Mm.
1: Why do you think that was? Because I didn't have the skill set to learn how to walk through fear. Right. I didn't have that skill set. I wasn't taught that. Remember, my mom was an alcoholic. I didn't have those skills when I was growing up because I was never taught them.
0: Do you think that that should be? I mean, we're veering away from the travel diary slightly here, but do you think that that should be part of the education curriculum? Really? Yes, absolutely. Like these tools.
1: I, yes, I think tools. Yes, to teach kids uh, how to deal with anger, how to deal with disappointment, how to deal with if you have a parent that's struggling with addiction. Yeah, where to go, what to say, who to talk to, mm. because you always want to protect your family and your parents. Like I remember always trying to protect my mom and making her into something in my mind that she really wasn't and it wasn't her fault because she suffered from alcoholism
0: Mm. and do you feel more sympathetic to her now having kind of been through it yourself and then come out the other side absolutely like yes forgiveness is there forgiveness is true
1: freedom when you can forgive yourself first and then others that's that's the key to success that's Mm. the key to freedom is forgiveness and I forgave
0: my mom yeah I know it wasn't her fault like I know it was the addiction, yeah, and you channeled <clears throat> this these tools, and you know you you set foot into the maritime industry and worked your <clears throat> way up super quickly. Was that a, a, a true sense of determination that that made you rise through the ranks as quickly as you did?: Yes, I think because I was giving those tools on
1: how to communicate how to be able to sit in front of a very successful human being and hold my own, meaning like I didn't feel inferior or less than, Mm. that I could sit in front of that person and and have hold a conversation, whereas before I could not, and really be authentic and who I was and what I wanted. And I really remember I started working for someone and very powerful human being financially in the finance world. And his wife said to me, I like you, Sandy. And I said, and I like you too. Because it's important that it's both ways. And I want to say this to your listeners. The mutual respect in the workplace is something you should expect.
0: Yeah, it should be a given. That's right. Very, very wise words. Liz has asked, is there a place that has been particularly difficult to travel to as a female captain? I was in the Middle East. I worked for
1: a billionaire Arab businessman. He was the second wealthiest man in Dubai. Wow. I remember because I had all these, uh, you know, I had learned so much about his culture and I read books I wanted to understand. And when I met him, he was very westernized thinking. When I went to his country, I was wowed because I wasn't what I had in my mind. Dubai's very open and, but still I... I stayed in my lane, I respected the culture, and I didn't expect them to change because I was from a different part of the world. A lot of people think that when you go to a country that you should be honored and protected, but that's not the case. It's the job of the country is to protect their culture, their people, and to make sure they're safe. So when I travel, I make sure that I have an understanding of their culture. That's just a common respect. Mm -hmm. learn certain words to say hello, thank you, you know, um, I'm sorry, (laughs) you know, know, learn just a few words and that takes you so far. And that's what I did. And I just respected the culture. I was, yes, I had some fear. At the same time, I trusted uh, the owner of the boat. And do you think he learned anything from you? Absolutely. I taught him about the three monkeys. He goes, what are the three monkeys? (laughs) I go, see no evil, hear no evil, and speak no evil. And he goes, I like these three monkeys. Um, (laughs) So yes, I taught him that because he was always concerned that the crew would say something about his guest or, you know, we sign a contract where it's confidentiality. And I said, oh, no, everyone in these true we all understand the three monkeys and he he totally got it he loved it and so i showed him the icons of we don't li- we don't listen to your conversations we don't speak what we've been told like to others mm. and
0: we you know we see nothing only yeah. what you want us to see yes <laughs> do you think do you think that some people i mean i know that you've you're a big advocate for you know, females in the maritime industry. And, and, you know, I imagine over the years you face sexism in terms of people being like, oh, you're the the captain?
1: That's right. All the time. Absolutely. Yeah. I have to say, and I'm going to go back to the gentleman in Dubai. I had the utmost respect from him and his friends. They respected me. They didn't see me as a woman. They saw me as a captain, as yes. a professional. Yes. And that was such a breath of fresh air. Mm. Because other parts of the world, they see me as a woman. First first, driving a boat. I love that he saw me as his professional captain. There was no gender attached. If that could happen throughout society in the workplace,
0: we'd be much further along. Completely. That is something that I think a lot of us will reflect on after this interview. And, And I mean. What kind of changes do you want to see within your industry? Honestly, that. I
1: would love to see more women at the helm, you know, steering vessels out to sea. And I want to say this is a misconception. The men in the industry are very, they embrace women at the helm. The difference is women want to stay home and have babies. They want to raise families. They don't want to go to sea. I don't know why Um, it's easy for men to leave home when they have children. That's such an interesting thought. Mm. However, women choose to stay home. But also, I think our TV shows done a lot for women. Oh, yeah. It says, hey, if you don't really, you know, your first 10 years out of college or even out of school, even if you don't finish school, you could go to sea. You could yeah. be a captain. Yeah. And then the industry offers so many more jobs than just going to sea. Sales, charter brokers, you know, um, shipyards, you have electricians, plumbers, carpenters, they make 20% more in a shipyard than you do on
0: land. Has has there been any feedback? Like has the maritime industry seen a kind of boost of huge, really, because of the show? Huge. Uh, During COVID, (laughs) I
1: think everyone's just spent the college fund money and bought boats, (laughs) because you could not buy a boat. Yeah. The build schedule for some shipyards are fourteen years out. Like, yeah. if you want to go build a boat, like yeah. you got to wait fourteen years. Yeah,
0: how's that possible? Well, I, I love that. I love that it's seen a tangible effect on the industry that you care and about, and more
1: people are chartering because of our TV show. Yeah. Like, they go, I have never knew there was, like, these places in Croatia.
0: All the places we've been, people are going to Malta yeah, because of our show. It's opening people's minds to different destinations without question. So we move on now to Chapter 3 of your Travel Diary, Sandy. And that is the first place you fell in love with.
1: Barcelona.
0: Really? Mm -hmm. So what was it about you that captivated
1: you? First of all, Columbus left uh, from Spain. Okay. Um, So Spain, for me, Spain is... A home. It was like my second home. I was based there for four years. Right. And it's Barcelona is a city that people go to and they never leave. It is such an incredible city. The history there, the artists that are from Spain and Barcelona in particular. Mm. I had such a beautiful experience. It was the first. So my first place I ever went to when I came to the Mediterranean was Ibiza. First we went to Palma, but I wasn't there very long. And then we went to Ibiza.
0: The Balearic party Islands. side or the like beautiful side. The
1: beautiful side. The the Balearic Islands are phenomenal. Menorca, yeah. Mallorca, and Ibiza. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely beautiful. I was based in
0: Barcelona, so yes, I fell in love with Barcelona. And and so did you live in Barcelona when you were based? In I did. Spain?
1: Yes, in Marina Port Vey. I lived in that marina, which is in Barceloneta, next yeah. to Marie, MB ninety two Marina Barcelona. Where there 92. are some epic
0: fates out there totally it's like some really big yes
1: absolutely and
0: the history
1: there the restaurants the food is incredible i you know i I love it today. Like, I love their Iberico ham. Like, it's mm. so delicious.
0: Yeah. Like, what I so love about yummy. Barcelona is that it's, well, it's a bit like Miami in that it's like a city with a beach. And I think those are just so special to yes. have all the architecture and the history and then also That's to right. have a beach. Yeah. Do you, do you remember any favorite spots that you'd go to again and again, like bars, restaurants, cafes? You know, I love
1: the Barceloneta restaurant. Which is in Barceloneta. Yeah. It is the best restaurant. The seafood restaurant? Yes. Yeah. You know, upstairs? Yes. And it's like
0: right at the marina, but it is fabulous. Like yeah. that restaurant is my favorite restaurant. And so many people when they go to Barcelona might just stay in like the area near like the Sagrada Familia, slightly further north, but to actually make sure that you get down to the water is really important because you get to see like both sides of the city. That's right. So yeah. if you, that's right. So Barceloneta, the town, um,
1: is an old fishing village. Yeah. And every morning you would smell the the bakeries. Like they mm. wake up so early and bake the breads and the croissants. And I just love
0: it. And a contrast to Florida? I mean, did you feel like, a, a or did you feel some similarities? Not at all. Not yeah. even close. I think... Uh, Florida
1: is so tropical and uh, very different beaches. You can't. Florida has some of the most beautiful beaches in the world. Siesta Key had the whitest sand. They were nominated year after year yeah. of the whitest sand in the world. You can't. Like I always say, like I've visited Greece and other places, but the Florida coast,
0: especially the west coast, is stunning. I've not really visited the west coast very much. Where Where would I go? On the West Coast, what would you recommend? You know, Naples. Naples. South, like Naples or Sarasota. That's where
1: Siesta Key, Lido Beach, you have all those beautiful beaches. Sarasota is beautiful. I was just in St. Petersburg at the Don Cesar. Great location, honestly. The hotel is iconic. The history of that hotel is really incredible, and the beach is spectacular. So go there. Go to St. Petersburg, Florida,
0: and stay at the Don Cesar great great recommendation and so we're in the chapter about falling in love of course we all fell in love with you on Below Deck that's what we're here to chat about today so I mean how did it all come about like what is the story about you becoming a tv star like how did it all happen I got
1: a phone call someone said hey um we're from Below Deck Mediterranean or Below Deck's franchise we'd love it was through a friend not like an acquaintance who knew the showrunner and the show, she connected us. And we didn't talk on the phone, we texted. And then it was, I think we finally spoke on the phone. And then she went silent.
0: So I thought, oh, guess it's not happening. Yeah.
1: And then next thing you know, my phone's like blowing up. I'd say about two months later.
0: And the rest was history. Yes.
1: And then I went to New York, I met everyone. And I remember when I got because I all my industry people were like, Don't do it. My friends were like, it's gonna ruin your career. I thought, yeah, you're probably right, but it kinda <laughs> landed in my lap. I never thought about TV. I didn't even think about TV.
0: I never watched the show. I had heard about it, but I never watched it. And Well, you're not going into the maritime industry thinking that you're gonna be like no. a celebrity necessarily. But it you? didn't
1: register it was TV in my mind. Right. I don't know what I was thinking. So when I went... What, the opportunity, it, you mean? Yes. I just thought... I didn't think it was as big as it was. Right. I, I don't know. I just didn't watch it. Maybe so that was no a good idea. thing. Yeah. So I went to New York, and then I, I'm at 30 Rock, where <laughs> Saturday Night Live is filmed and yeah. all these shows, and I'm like, oh, this is like TV. TV. Real TV, <laughs> you know, TV so yeah. So I remember walking out going, wow. And I went to see a movie by myself. After the meeting? Yes. And what,
0: why why did you do that? Well, why do you think? Because I needed to be alone. Yeah. In and were real... you concentrating on the movie, or were you actually like running through? No, I like was actually through? watching the movie. <laughs> what was it? What it was, was the, the movie? Star Trek movie because I <laughs> love Star Trek. <laughs> Different kind of captain, yeah. Of a ship, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so brilliant. And you know, I, I mean, probably a silly question, but like, are, are you glad that you yes. went down this path? Absolutely. Um,
1: for me, it's about remember the chapter one and the chapter two. Yeah. So. That part of my life has really reached millions of people. Yes. And if I can implement some kind of hope for someone just by being on TV and talking about my personal experience, that's the best part of this. Yes, the platform. It's fun. Yes, the platform. It's fun meeting the crew, the guests. I love driving boats that'll never stop. Even if the TV show stops for me, I will still be a captain. Yeah. That's my career. But I love inspiring people. That's lovely.
0: And have you imparted that also to your crews, do you think, as well as like your obviously your wider audience? I know that they, you know, you're like the maternal kind of wise figure for them.
1: Yes, absolutely. Like if the crew are very interested in this career in the maritime industry, they have me. Yeah, 1000%. Uh, If they're there just for TV, that's on them, because I don't know how to help that part. Because I'm not an actor. Yes, I'm a captain. Yeah. I know the maritime industry. I don't know TV.
0: And when you start each season, do you are you in your head like sussing out they're they for real, they're for the they're here to get on TV? You know, like, how you can see the camera never lies.
1: Yes, you could tell who was there for TV and who was there for a real career. Right, so your eyeballs yeah. don't lie either, or yeah. the energy of the person, and you can tell. And what's sad for me is watching the people who are very successful in TV. Um, who are just lucky to be there. And then next thing you know, they become – it g- gets in their head and they become this egomaniac and it's like yeah. come back down to the ground. What I want to say, my friends, my family pull my feet right down and they <laughs> nail it to the ground and they say to me, the captain is not here. We want Sandy. And it's not so much for the TV. It's that when these are off, sometimes I forget and so I'm in charge. And yes. they're like, you're not in charge here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you have that dynamic with dishes. your fiancé?
1: Uh,
0: yes. Sometimes she says, don't speak to me like a captain. <laughs> <laughs> so chapter four, Sandy, is your all-time favorite destination. This is the big chapter, the hardest chapter. For you, though, I was interested to ask, do you have an all-time favorite on dry land and then also an all-time favorite from the water? All-time favorite place? Location? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love Florida. I love the
1: beaches. So I'm never going to change there. Like I love the Bahamas. Like if I, you know, the Bahamas is a two hour boat ride from Florida. So that area for me is where I learned boating Is Florida and the Bahamas. Those are my two favorite places on this planet. And on land would be, I love skiing. I love Aspen. I really? love Colorado.
0: I don't think I expected you to say something in the mountains. Yes. Yes. But well, nice contrast. Yes. So US, have you been to any of the European ski resorts yet?
1: Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, most of them. <laughs> I was <laughs> yeah. based
0: in the Med. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I The Dolomites, the French Alps, the Swiss Alps. I've done St. Moritz. I did the Pyrenees. I've done Andorra. The, you know, so in the French border, yeah, really all of them, yes. comprehensively. Because you know, I was based in Spain. I was based in Europe for
0: thirteen years. So you're an honorary European, yes, basically, absolutely, yeah. And how do you think the U.S. skiing compares to European? No place like Colorado. Mm. There's no like I've and done the you northeast live in Colorado now, right?
1: Yes, yes. But I've done the northeast in the U.S. It's a very like damp snow, but Colorado has a powder and a dryness. But the sun shines every day. So you you could actually take your jacket off and ski. Spring skiing, the snow's powder. They have the best snow, in my opinion. And I love Aspen because there's four mountains. You can ski four different mountains. So there's that variety. And they have a bus system that everybody should implement into their system because the billionaires ride the bus. That's how efficient the buses are.
0: You never have to drive. Yes, yes. And there's four mountains. You do
1: Highlands, you do Ajax Highlands, Buttermilk, and Snowmass.
0: Hmm. I think Denver is also like one of the most underrated cities like for Europeans, you know, in terms of it being on like a holiday radar. I love it. The food scene's so cool. The the landscape is so beautiful. It's so easy to get into the wider Colorado landscape. It's such a great city, isn't it? Yes, they,
1: they have a beautiful drive. If in the summer, it's closed in the winter, it's called Independence Pass. And if you're ever there in the summer, drive from Denver, take Independence Pass and go to Aspen. It's the most beautiful road you'll ever drive on.
0: And, and I've driven on a lot of roads. Oh, well, that is a great tip. Is it one that you do in a day? Do you stop oh, off? it's in a
1: day. Yeah. Oh, you'll stop at the top of yeah. Independence Pass. Yeah. And the
0: view's spectacular. Yeah. We went to Uray, have you um, which was again in the in the mountains yeah. and oh, it was just so, so cool. The kind of heritage as well of like the the, the history of the buildings yes. I really love in the, in those mountain Colorado yes. towns. Yeah, and the gold
1: mines and the you know coal mines and yeah it's kind of spooky and we I love ghost tours so yeah <laughs> it's really funny you know they the Stephen King wrote the Shining he was inspired at this one hotel in Estes Park
0: fantastic hey dave yeah Randy. since we founded Bombus we've always said our socks underwear and t-shirts are super soft any new ideas maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy wait what i got it bombus Stick. Well, we move on to Chapter 5, and that is your hidden gem, which is a place that you love that maybe my listeners wouldn't know so much about. And I was thinking that you have had access to so many hidden gems because by boat, you get to see so many places that you can't access in any other way. I have it. Staniel
1: Key. Where's that? Tell me. It's in the Exuma Islands in the Bahamas. Ah. And that's where Thunderball Cave is. So remember the James Bond movie, Thunderball? yes. It was filmed in that cave. It was actually filmed there. Yes. And when you, you can swim into that cave at low tide, there's fish everywhere, so you can't be scared of fish. And when you go in that cave, it has a hole in it. So it's this beautiful blue water, and there's a shelf, uh, like a like a shelf inside the cave you can sit on. A lot of people jump through the middle. I don't recommend it because if you don't jump perfectly, you could get scratched up. But then there's this picturesque window So you dive under the water, you hold, you know, it's probably about 10 feet below the surface, but you could see the bottom Mm because it's so clear. Yeah. And you go through that cave, the window cave, and you look down and it's a wall dive. It's absolutely beautiful. Oh my gosh. And then right next to that is called Big Major Spot, is where the swimming pigs are.
0: Oh, right. The famous swimming pigs. Yes. So... I've always been curious about those swimming pigs because it looks incredible and so fun. But I've also heard that there's a lot of poop flying around as well in the water.
1: Well, I don't remember that, but I do know (laughs) that I wouldn't swim in the water with them. So basically you take your tender and I'll never forget, I had a client on the boat and I... Bianca, she's actually from the UK. She was uh, helping me on a charter, and I'm like, "Get out of the boat! Get out of the boat!" Because I knew the pigs were going to try to get in the boat because they're I'll little tender. in tenders. the boat. <laughs> so she goes, "You cared more about me than the client." I go, "Of course." So she gets out of the boat, and then the woman has food in her hand, and she puts it behind her hand, and the pig bit her cheek, her butt cheek. And her husband started <laughs> no. cracking up laughing. And that was a big bite. <laughs> so don't carry food in your hands if you go there.
0: Top tip for the Bahamas holiday. Get out of holiday. the tender
1: immediately and just walk to the beach. And then when you walk
0: to the beach, there's all these iguanas on the beach. The wildlife in the Bahamas, it sounds absolutely phenomenal. And I know that you spent quite a lot of your the early part of your career in the bahamas area so we've got the Exumas. what are some of the other spots that you really loved when you were working there treasure key i mean it's
1: there any island you go to in the bahamas i it's special i was there before atlantis was built the hotel right it was um
0: is that on treasure key no that's actually paradise island right which is in nassau and So you was, mean before it was, like, really turned into a big yes, tourist destination? Yes,
1: and it was pretty spectacular. It is now, obviously, um, but there's so many different places to go, West End, Bahamas, like, which is Freeport, but on the other side, Port La is
0: beautiful.
1: It, there are these special places.
0: And are they places that you really need to be on a boat to enjoy? Well,
1: you could go by plane, plane. Um, and the beaches are spectacular. So yes, you would land in Freeport, and you could drive to Port Lucaya. Mm. Mm. Grand it, Bahama Island is it? Is the name of the island? Okay. Then you have the
0: Abacos,
1: and that's where Treasure Key is. It's absolutely beautiful.
0: There's so much to see there, mm. so, and and it covers quite a broad. broad. Yes,
1: because everyone yeah. says Caribbean, 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 but in the Bahamas is part of the Caribbean. However, like Turks and Caicos, people go there all the time. Long Island, Bahamas, absolutely beautiful. There's so many different places to go. And there's a chain of islands, 365
0: islands in the Exumas. Just there in yes. the Exumas themselves yes. as, a, as a part of the broader Bahamas. That's right. So there is a lot to yes. discover. And you must have seen so many hidden gems oh, going yes, around. Absolutely. Yeah. Everywhere lovely. you go, you're like, wow, wow. Yeah, to be in that environment every day must be so nourishing for the soul. Yes. We're going back to one of my listener questions now. Rebecca says that she would love to travel more by boat, but she wouldn't have the budget for a yacht. Do you have any advice for her? Absolutely.
1: You don't have to charter a yacht. You can charter a catamaran. Um, there's bareboat boat charters where you go down to the Bahamas, the Keys, the Florida Keys. You could charter a little boat with a captain. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be. you could charter a boat for seven hundred dollars you know for the for the afternoon or four hundred dollars, yeah, like there are possibilities
0: that aren't on super yachts or yachts and is there a good place? For Rebecca to maybe dip her toe in the water of, of I, one of these kind of entry the key, levels.
1: The Florida Keys or the Bahamas. Like, yeah. you don't have to go far. Like, yeah. it's, you, you know, you can stay on the mainland and do it. Or even the south of France, like anywhere there, Spain, they, ha- they have these day
0: charter boats. Mm. What has been your favorite day charter route? One that you can, you know, see, see a great deal in, but, you know, you're not going overnight.
1: I mean, the Côte d'Azur you know yeah. so I mean it's pretty spectacular so um is there like a start and an end point that well, you can love? pick it up in Cannes you know and cruise to Saint-Tropez you know on Antibes like all these places you could go to Monaco and, and then in America it's like Miami your town yeah Key Biscayne <laughs> yes exactly. I mean there's a place called you go through Key Biscayne and the first key it's in Key Largo alabama jacks Mm -hmm. you know it's on the water right yes it's like this place you're just like are you kidding me right now but it's so cool because they have a live band you can go by boat you can go through key biscayne you head flew the keys it's called alabama jacks and it's on that bridge card sound road
0: and it has that bridge that you go over and you see all these motorcycles lined up and all these cars ready to go that is um a great tip and actually i took um I actually had one of my first boat experiences uh, speaking to Rebecca here in Miami and actually I used Airbnb experiences which I hadn't used before um, because I was staying in an Airbnb while I was there and it... Um, was uh, like a, a kind of guided, captained tour like around Star Island and seeing all the kind of touristy parts on the water there. But I suppose that was very affordable to get your experience of going out on a boat. That that kind of thing is also uh, like yes. a kind of little tour That's is, right. is a nice way Absolutely. to, to yes. get the experience of feeling the wind in your yes. wind in your hair. Yes. There's nothing, nothing like it, is there? So our penultimate chapter is chapter six. And that is your worst travel experience or the place that you would never go back to? I don't want to say this, but you're not going to like this. And it was at Heathrow.
1: At Heathrow. Do you remember when the (laughs) British Airways... It was actually... I was coming over for the Cannes Lion Festival with Bravo, uh, Mm. NBC, Universal, and everybody's luggage was lost. All the flights were canceled. I'm not sure what was happening, but it took hours. And I said to Leah... Let's don't stand in this line. Let's go out. Let's get our luggage and let's come back in. Yeah. One thing I've learned, and this is a great tip for your listeners, when you have that situation and the line is so long, go out, side the airport, and re- come, and then talk to the agent on the outside because the line isn't so long, and then come back through security so
0: what you leave the app, you, get your luggage, yeah,
1: because obviously they're not going to keep your luggage. So right. we went to the luggage counter and said, "Where's our luggage? We're leaving, right? We're not going to. We're just going to stay in London." We yeah. grabbed our luggage, yeah. Then we went back outside, and then we went up to the agent to sort our flight. We did, we had to stay the night
0: because all the flights were canceled. A very good tip indeed. And I I did wonder, you know, as somebody who is myself, slightly prone to motion sickness. Do you ever get seasick when you're on these no, charters? I, no, I've never been seasick. Never. So when, you know, when, for me, certainly when I'm on a boat, when I then get onto the dry land, it feels like I'm still on a boat. That happens to me as well. Yeah. And and do you find that hard to adjust to? That's called your sea legs. Yeah. So you need your land legs. Right. <laughs> so. You're like, come on, land legs, come to action. When I'm watching Below Deck, the thing that blows my mind is the, the, the crew, you know, they Come onto dry land basically to just get absolutely plastered. Yes, and I'm like, I can't think of anything worse than being super drunk and then getting onto this. a boat having to adjust <laughs> yes. back to your sea legs. Yes. doesn't it just like amplify how kind of woozy they I must feel? I think they just
1: never leave, they always have their sea legs because of the alcohol consumption. <laughs> right. So when they go back on board, they never have to adjust to land, you know what I mean? It's like. But I think you're mentally – it's all about the inner ear and that crystal, right, that's in your inner ear. Mm. So if that's in balance, then you are in balance with the motion. And I think I just have – I think a lot of people at sea, they're, that crystal is in balance. Right. And you're able to balance with the boat. I, I don't know how – I just know that one time my my mom – Hit her head. Uh, we were on a Harry Potter ride at Disney World, and her <laughs> As she hit did. her head in it, but moved the crystal, and she was having a hard time balancing, and she, so had, she had to some like, do these after. really, where she held her head sideways, and it was fascinating. And I was like, wow. And that's when it hit me.
0: That's why. So you need to protect your head to make sure that you do not disrupt that Crystal because it's pretty important for your job. It's very important. (laughs) So when there are like these big storms and you see these huge waves and stuff, it doesn't really intimidate you from like a physical point of view. You're not going to be seasick. No, I'm not seasick. Thank God. Yes. No. So and then I try not go, to go into
1: those big waves and big storms. Like that's something we... Yeah, you're trying to avoid Yes, days. of course. I go, I'm sorry, we can't leave the dock. And then you just have to look out through your binoculars. And here's a great way to see if the sea's rough. If you look at the horizon where the sky meets the ocean or the sea, mm-hmm. and it looks like a bunch of elephants holding onto each other's tail walking across
0: the horizon
1: don't go to sea
0: a <sighs> good tip it looks got like three monkeys and then the elephants yeah right i've got, got these don't now. go to sea stay at the dock right noted right we are about to come on to the final chapter of your travel diary sandy but before we do i'd love to hear about this new season of below deck what can you share with us that we can expect this time around First of all, Italy is spectacular. Like
1: I've boated there for years. I love Portofino. It is really cool to be able to back that boat down in that little marina. It's a tight um, one, right? It's very tight, and it's beautiful. It's colorful, and the food and the experiences. I I just think, and the you know the Italians are very happy. They're a happy culture, right? It's everything. See, si, see, si, va bene, va bene. see, si. you know, everything's like yes, yeah. and. Sometimes it's a yes without getting things done, but it's a yes. It so- comes from a good place. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think the crew, you'll see me get angry in the trailer. I wonder who that's for. So I do get mad right, at a crew member, and you'll see that maybe a couple crew members. Um, other than that, I think you're going to really enjoy it because all I heard was a lot of laughter
0: and Great. maybe some tears. I think I did hear some crying. But I heard more laughter, which is the the perfect balance yes. for 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 a season coming yes. up we well we can't can't wait and um, Sandy it has been so lovely chatting Thank to you, you and hearing your travel diaries. The final chapter is chapter seven, and that is the destination that is at the top of your travel bucket list Alaska
1: I've never <sighs> been I
0: want to go what is it about it? I
1: want to see Alaska before it melts. I mm-hmm. just that's A place I want to see.
0: By boat? By
1: boat. Wonderful. I want to see the orca whales. I want to see I want to see the sea
0: life. Well, I hope that you make it there very soon. Thank you so much. Captain Sandy, those were your travel diaries. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it was so nice to chat to Captain Sandy Yorn. You can catch her on the brand new season of Below Deck Mediterranean on HeyU thanks so much for listening today if you'd like to hear more from the podcast don't forget to hit subscribe or if you use apple Podcasts, to press follow so that a new episode lands in your podcast app each week if you want to be the first to find out who is joining me on next week's episode come and follow me on instagram i'm at holly rubenstein and you'll also find me on threads and tiktok i'd love to hear from you and if you can't wait until next week remember there's the first nine seasons to catch up on that's over 100 episodes to keep you busy there don't forget that all the destinations mentioned by my guests are included in the episode show notes here on your podcast app and listed on my website thetraveldiariespodcast.com thanks again everyone take care and i'll be back next week